We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to another episode of the Butting Heads Podcast, brought by the Rams Talk Radio and the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Steve Ribeiro here. I'm here. I'm nasally. I'm a little sick, but with Johnny Gomez, Johnny, the Rams are on a three-game win streak, hottest team in the NFL. You know, we we couldn't skip a pod this week. I had to be here. And yeah, kudos to Steve for... Uh... Braving through the nasally condition he has. <laughs> we're gonna try. We're gonna try our best, man. Uh, I am trying to make my mic sound as good as possible on the fly here. We're doing our best. Uh, bear with us, because, it, like, like I said, three straight wins for the Los Angeles Rams. They are five hundred. It feels a lot sweeter to be five hundred when a month ago you were three and six. They're the eight seed in the playoff race right now. They just beat a team with a winning record. You know, some circumstances uh, make it seem like it's a game we should have won, and it was, and we did. Uh, and here we are, it, you know, just like looking ahead at the playoff picture, Johnny. If if the Rams go 3-2 and two down the way here, I feel pretty good that they will end up in the playoffs. That, that's a good feeling to have. 3-2 and two is doable. Oh, it's very doable. And truthfully, the way I look at it is because I, I, I was talking to a, a, a few buddies of mine who are also Ram fans. And one of the things that they were saying is they would be very upset if the Rams didn't make the playoffs this year. And of course, you know, now that we're in this position, the goal is to make the playoffs. But how upset can you be considering you were just three and six? There, it, it looked like the Rams' season was done with already. We were already talking about NFL draft because we were kind of fantasizing about who we can get with maybe even possibly having 
Caleb Williams or Drake May because of that's how terrible we were playing. And now we're at a shot at making the playoffs. Even if we don't make the playoffs, Steve and I predicted that this team was not going to be very good this year and we're most likely not making the playoffs. And for them to overachieve this much, you, you got to take the W there. You know, it's it doesn't feel good that you have to say it in that that manner, but it also is a nod to the future, which is what this kind of season was about anyway. Yeah, it, it'll be a bummer. It'll be it'll be a bummer for sure. But I, I, I I'm not going to be at this point. It'll be a bummer. But like like you said, you had the Rams going four and thirteen. I had them going six and eleven. They've ran past your win total and just matched mine going into the season. So it's we are ahead of schedule and guys who needed to look good this year have looked good and then some for the most part. Uh still some question marks long term on some guys, but it's it's been a delightful month and the season started out really fun, got a little pressing. Now it's back to fun. It helps for me personally that the Packers are apparently good now uh, and <laughs> beat the Chiefs in prime time um, and seems like they might run away with their playoff spot. Uh, I I do think the Vikings will probably crater a little bit. They've they've kind of come back down to earth and the, the Seahawks have a tough schedule. And if they go three and two, same as us down the stretch, which I would bet is what they would go. We have the tiebreak over them because we swept them. We got them. We swept them right out of our way. So it's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out, man. And uh, it's nice to be back in the mix. It did not seem possible a month ago that we would be able to get back in the mix. Yeah, and as we kind of alluded to last week, the Rams do truly control their destiny. You know, it's not like, for example, this upcoming opponent if they end up losing we'll get to that later obviously but um if they end up losing to this team you know it's probably we're not going to lose sleep over it because you know they have room for error but they need to take care of uh business against you know other you know not so good teams coming up yeah and and nine, I, I think nine and eight could get you in the playoffs. The ways nine and eight wouldn't get you in the playoffs is if the Vikings finish out better than we expected. They play the Raiders, Bank, Bengals, Lions, Packers, Lions. You know, you're probably going two and three, maybe three and two. Um, but if you beat the Packers, that ends up helping us in the long term. And then you look at Seattle, uh, who. I am trying to pull up here quickly. Um, I just pulled up the Vikings really easily. This is great podcasting. I am sorry. Uh, And I pulled up the Vikings again. Got it. Damn it, guys. Five, four. Here we go. Seattle. Seattle has to play the 49ers, Eagles, Titans, Steelers, and Cardinals. So, that's... That might not even be three and two, because uh, that Steelers game will be tough. I uh, I think they probably will go three and two, but like I said, we have the tiebreaker them if they get there. Uh, and the Packers, they have they have kind of a cakewalk 
schedule here, if we're being honest. Uh, beating the Chiefs really was beating the Lions and then the Chiefs. You know, that was not outcomes we expected. And so for the rest of the year, they have the Giants, the Bucks, the Panthers, the Vikings, the Bears. They may literally end the season on an eight-game win streak, which is crazy because they looked so bad when they beat us. But the Lions are good. The Chiefs are good. The Chargers aren't bad. Uh, and the teams they play the rest of the way are bad. So I would be kind of shocked if they end the season on the outside looking in. Kind of interesting how both the Rams and the Packers kind of flip script there. Yeah, seriously. Um, though they look a little better than we do, I think. Oh, a lot better. No question. <laughs> uh, and they have the win against us, unfortunately. Well, speaking of wins, why don't we talk a little bit about the game this week? The Rams took care of business against the Cleveland Browns. I believe the score was, what, 36 to 19, which is crazy. It was a one-point game with, like, seven minutes left. But I think now, even though, obviously, Joe Flacco was the opposing quarterback, and we both said in the pod, you should not lose to Joe Flacco, the Browns still have one of, if not the best defenses in the league and are tough out, play tough. Flacco, to his credit, played well. To our credit, played well. Uh, I don't know who's to blame there or who deserves praise. But what I really, what stood out to me the most in this game, Johnny, is I, I feel like in a, a couple close games this year, when the Rams have been given opportunities to kind of step on the gas and end the game, they haven't really been able to do it. Um, I know the Seattle game was close. That kind of felt like the opposite, where Seattle was given a bunch of opportunities to end the game, didn't do it, and then the Rams just hung around and pulled it out in the end. But as when John Johnson intercepted Joe Flacco with about six and a half minutes left in the game, uh, it was a one-score game. We had just punted on the previous drive. One-point one game. Uh, so not just a one-score game. A one-point game. Johnson gets that interception. Kudos to him. Love to see him back to form. Returns it for 40 yards. That's a point in the game where, like I mentioned a couple weeks ago, way back when we played the Bengals, as soon as our backup left tackle came in, I think it was Zach Thomas, I don't even remember anymore, and Trey Hendrickson on the Bengals got his first sack. They smelled blood, and they just went for it and demolished us for the rest of the game. It felt like at that moment the Rams had a chance to just pick up the ball and run with it and end this thing. And it, they did. They scored in five plays. Defense forces the Browns to go four and out on the next possession. And then they scored another touchdown. And that's it. Then they ended the game with a safety, which was delightful. Um, it was late in the game to put the Browns away, but like, it was just really nice that they just really, really put them away. That's a situation where they could have easily walked away with a field goal and then let Cleveland continue to hang around for longer than you like to see them hang around for. Yeah. I, I, as far as the uh, the Browns are concerned, I, I think that they they, prefer, they performed really well, um, even despite all the injuries. And, and, you know, 
I, I, I was one of the people that was looking forward to going up against Flacco because, I mean, we were talking about a 38-year-old quarterback that, in my mind, I thought he had no business, you know, still playing football. And yet he came out and he looked, you know, this might be slightly controversial to say, but he looked like the best quarterback that the Browns have had this year. You know, that includes Deshaun Watson, I'm the here. fully guaranteed quarterback. I'm here that includes... <laughs> that includes Dorian Thompson Robinson, my boy. But, you know, he, uh, he didn't look that great, if I'm being honest. P.J. Tucker, I guess you can sort of make that argument. But, yeah, I mean, really all of those quarterbacks – you know, it really looked like Joe Flacco outperformed all of them. Yeah. Am I overreacting? Uh, I mean, maybe a little on Watson. Uh, he had some good games this year, but he had a lot of bad games. And I, I would mostly agree, by the way, it's P.J. Walker. P.J. Tucker plays a different sport. Oh, I said Tucker, didn't I? <laughs> different sport. Sixers legend P.J. Tucker. Uh, <laughs> but... Yeah, I mean, we've seen a lot of bad quarterbacks play in the NFL this year. Uh, Flacco, not even close to the worst we've seen. I mean, we have personally watched a worst quarterback start for the Rams. Uh, by the way, speaking of uh, now Brett the Jet ripping, <laughs> you see he's backing up Zach Wilson over there in, in New York this week. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I... Uh... I say this an interesting situation because I'm not sure which quarterback's better. Zach Wilson's better. You think? It's, yeah, I don't want to go too deep in a Jets tangent, but like two things. It's really funny that Brett Rippon played so bad in his first game as a starter. He was cut. And then a couple weeks later, Tim Boyle, uh, who is obviously bad, and I cannot believe that they have had him as their backup quarterback all year. Um, gets his first start, stinks, and they end up cutting him and going to Brett Rippon. Uh, <laughs> and I think the other thing with the Jets is the fact that they play Tim Boyle makes me, and then play Trevor Simeon in the game this week, makes me think that Robert Sala was just trying to silence the critics for not benching Zach Wilson sooner. Because while Zach Wilson, you know, has not had a good year by any metric, a historically bad year, he is better than Tim Boyle. He is better than Brett Rippon. Uh, and it's on their front office for not addressing backup quarterback in week two. Uh, even if you're going to go with Zach, it's insane that they trotted out Tim Boyle as his backup for like 12 weeks. That's just fucking bonkers uh we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster 
leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. But back to, back to Flacco and the Browns. Since, you know, this is the game we're talking about here. Yeah, he he played respectable. He looked like he belonged in the NFL. Like I said, there were worse quarterbacks playing around the league last week. I would say much worse. Uh, and it's kind of crazy that he wanted to be in the league and just wasn't playing for so long. Uh, so good for him, but good for us, man. This is a pretty well-rounded effort. Again, with how Flacco played, the defense didn't look phenomenal. But offensively, I thought it was a pretty solid day by pretty much everybody. Uh, good Stafford game. Didn't get sacked. Didn't turn the ball over, right? I mean, at the end of the day, those are the the things we need to happen. Exactly. Uh, may, may have had a few uh, poorly thrown balls, but not too many. And uh, that... I think that's what you've kind of come to expect and hope for is for Stafford to limit the uh, the terrible throws and make better decisions overall because we've seen plenty of times this season where you just, you know, look at where he threw the football and you're like scratching your head. What the hell was going through his mind? So, um, yeah, this, this uh, past week he looked sharp. He – Looks comfortable out there. The offensive line deserves the kudos for, uh, you know, keeping him afloat, especially against a, you know, terrorizing defense that the Browns have. So, yeah, I can't praise the offensive line enough uh, because going up against a Miles Garrett is never easy. And, yeah, I, I – and also shout out to Alaric Johnson's uh, – Alaric Jackson's uh, helmet because <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah, look that up if you haven't seen it. Uh, and shout out to Larry Jackson in general, man. I mean, a uh, guy who we've been pretty hard on this year. Miles Garrett, no sacks. You know, the the heavy favorite, I would say, at this point for Defensive Player of the Year. Yep. <laughs> that ain't nothing to scoff at, man. That's a big deal. Not at all. It's a big deal. Uh, I obviously want to talk about Puka in a second, but is there anyone – you wanted to highlight in this game, full disclosure, uh, I have had a hazy week and we had an early birthday party on Saturday, so I was in a hazy state watching this game. Um, but any any standout performances to you before um, I heave a bunch of praises on Puka? And that's the thing is when you think of the standout performer of this game, it's obviously the first one that comes to mind is Puka. But... Um, I'll give a, a big shout out to a couple of players. Uh, number one, got to be Aaron Williams again for having a monster game. You know, I again, it can't be understated enough that the Rams were going up against a very good Browns defense, 
and he nearly eclipsed 100 yards, uh, which is no easy feat. So um, happy to see him back. And uh, man, dude looks terrorizing out there, and that's exactly what we need out of him. Um, also, even though it may have not shown up a lot in the stat sheet, uh, I give a big shout out to a guy like Demarcus Robinson, who's finally getting an opportunity out there. Um, I, I think it's kind of nice to see him out there, and hopefully the, the Rams can incorporate him a little more uh, because obviously the two guys that defenses are going to, you know, target are, are going to be uh, Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua. So um, I hope to see him more out there, man. It's it's nice to see him. Yeah, it was um, – sorry, I literally sprinted out of the room to get tissues, but I heard that entire rant. Uh, rant's not the right word, but, yeah, Kyron, an absolute dog. Happy to see him just continue to assess. And it was it was interesting to see how much of Robinson we got in this game. Obviously, Puka was in and out with that injury, but he was the wide receiver three in this game for us. He he played very well, and, you know, it seems like they might deploy more of a mix of Demarcus Robinson, Tutu Atwell, and Ben Skoranek in that third spot, maybe lighten up the loads a little bit for Puka and Cooper when you can because those guys are obviously banged up. But, yeah, man, he's... You know, we we've I feel like we've always said that he's like a capable body, not the most inspiring player to trot out there, but like an NFL receiver. And he did some impressive stuff in this game. It was nice to see him get an opportunity. For sure, man. Yeah, shout out to uh, John Johnson. We mentioned that interception before. Revenge game yep. against the Browns for him. He's looking great. Uh, really exciting to see a guy. You know. Ho- <laughs> I hope for him, somebody overpays the shit out of him, but I hope for us that we can just get him back on a nice, reasonable salary because he's a reliable body. He's a guy we love. Uh, he's a guy I'd love to see retire here. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's it's kind of nice to see this uh, uh, you know, veteran who just started off on the season doing absolutely nothing and now he's starting to look a little more and more like himself each week. And, you know, again, this is a guy that's kind of been synonymous with, uh, you know, the Rams defense, uh, you know, far uh, far before and after he left um, uh, Los Angeles. So uh, to see him back in a Ram Uni and, and uh, doing good work, you know, it wasn't just one play. He played well all game long. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I love that. And hopefully this can continue because, you know, absolutely needed his help and came at a great time. Hey, man, man, it was, it was awesome to see him. Uh, another, you know, we've harped so much praise out of the draft classes here. Another really great game for Kobe Turner, a uh, really solid game for Byron Young. And of course we got to get Puka Nakua, his flowers, He's been getting him every week, but we're going to keep getting to him. Uh, This motherfucker got injured, like, what, twice in the game? Uh, He walks out of the game with an AC sprain. He was limited in practice today. But Sean McVay said, I don't really understand what that means anymore because he basically did every single drill. Uh, In this game, 
four catches for 105 yards and a touchdown. Put the fucking burners on on that 70-yard touchdown. Just an unbelievable play if for some reason you miss this whole game. If you're going to go back and watch one play from this game, look up Kuganuku's touchdown. Uh, added two carries for 34 yards. Had another big carry that got called back for a questionable holding call, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, set the Rams rookie franchise record for uh, re- receiving yards for rookie over 1,000. First Rams rookie to ever go for 1,000 receiving yards. He surpassed Eddie Kenenson's rookie record of 924 yards for the Rams. Uh, he's seventh in Pro Bowl voting in for the NFL right now for receiver. Uh, I think he's going to make it. He should make it, and I hope he does. It's, uh, I mean, happy for C.J. Stroud, but a bummer for us for how good of a year he's been because I think Puka would get the nod of rookie of the year over like a normal successful rookie quarterback campaign. Uh, but Stroud's been ridiculous. I think he's leading the league in passing yards right now. So uh, that ship is kind of sailed. But, yep, dude, Puka's seventh in the league in receiving yards right now. Uh, just a crazy, crazy unbelievable season. Uh, when Cup came back and his numbers quieted, there were some people who weren't paying attention who were calling him just a product of the system or the quarterback. But you watch this guy play. It's so clear that he's a stud. And if he could keep it healthy, if he could keep it together, I cannot wait to see what he becomes because he's on track to be a perennial all-pro type guy. I mean, there's no question. I mean, uh, for for those that say that he's a product of the system, can you make an argument that in the first part of the season that you know, the Rams didn't have any alternative but to throw to him. Yeah, I suppose you can make that argument. But at the same time, he didn't, you know, it wasn't just him making a few catches here and there. This guy makes plays. And it's it's actually kind of amazing that people have this kind of argument. This guy is clearly a stud and going to be a good player in the NFL for many years if he keeps this up. Yeah, he's so good, man. He's so good. I love him. Uh, Certainly feels like he'll be a fan favorite for for a long time to come. Uh, Truly, it's it's been a franchise-changing draft class. Um, We are really setting ourselves up quickly for success, bringing in four, potentially more than four, really good, really, really good players. Uh, here so far with Puka and, and the rest of the bunch. Johnny, you had a topic that you sent me this week. You mentioned Sean McVay's potential for coach of the year. Now, I have my opinions on this topic, but I'd love to hear what your angle is on, you know, should he be in the discussion? I. It's kind of an interesting topic. Because I, I, if I'm being honest here, I, I saw this as a – I forget who, who uh, which uh, publication brought this up. Uh, I should probably look that up. But uh, I, I saw this topic, and I thought it was kind of an interesting, uh, an interesting topic because at first you're thinking that's kind of absurd. But is it? You know, uh, by the way, the publication was Turf Show Times. Um mm-hmm. 
but yeah, the uh, it, it's really not that far fetched considering just how low our expectations was. We we just kind of covered that earlier in the podcast and how big of a turnaround with such a very young and inexperienced team. Uh, and mind you, there's still a lot of season left to go. So we, we can't, you know, pat ourselves on the back just yet. But at the same time, it's kind of an interesting combo because if the Rams end up making the playoffs, I think you could certainly put be part in the picture. Now, do I think that he will end up winning it? No, I, I, I don't. I, I think you can certainly make him as a finalist, but um, – yeah, I I think that he certainly deserves to, at the very least, uh, be in the discussion. I, I I'm kind of split, uh, and it was our old pal Blaine Blaine Grissick over at Turf Show Times who wrote this article. Because, like, yeah, he's blowing away expectations, and if they finish even nine and eight, um, it's a huge accomplishment. It's a huge accomplishment, but. Like, at the same time, even though there's been so much roster turnover, this was a Super Bowl championship team two years ago. And a lot of the players aren't there. Nope. The, two, the three most important players on that team are still here. And a couple of other guys still hanging around. And I think if it was a year where there wasn't any, like, really, really impressive candidates for this award i i could be talking my way into it but dan campbell in detroit D'Amico ryan's in houston i think it's not even comparable what mcveigh did to this team compared to what they're doing and part of that is because you know he didn't have a culture or anything he needed to turn around you know coaches in the nfl aren't often winning coach of the year this late in their tenures with the teams you know uh that's because he, he, he what he's built it's it he's handicapped to be able to win this award um and i think it is a worthwhile discussion but like to me if we're debating between him and D'Amico rides in houston you know i don't i don't really know how you can make that case for mcveigh You can argue that, you know, Shane Steichen uh, from uh, the Colts. Yeah, Don't know I, if I'm pronouncing his name correctly. I almost mentioned him, too. Um, I would say those three. And then, uh, well, then it's even like, would you give it to him over Mike McDaniel? Um, like, I don't know. Uh, if anyone tries to throw Sean Payton in this fucking argument, it's you're, give, <laughs> you're, put, you're putting him in the conversation because he started one in five, you know, like. Kudos to him for turning around. Uh, none of these other guys had to turn it around like that. <laughs> you, uh, honestly, you could probably make an argument that he could be in that same picture also. Um, and, <laughs> as much as it might pain Steve to say it, but it's it, kind of true. Like, I, I guess. I, I guess, but it, 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 yeah. I would say this even... From an unbiased perspective, I would, if we're like treating Sean Payton at the same here as Sean McVay, which I guess you can if you want to, um, I would still say those three guys you mentioned. 
um, Steichen, and then Campbell and D'Amico Ryan's. Uh, I don't really think there's a case. I think the gaps are and like if you told us that the Rams were six and six at this point in the year, we'd be surprised. Um, but it's not nearly as surprising as the Texans being seven and five. You know what I mean? Like no that would be my pick. Um, Campbell's killing it, but they had high expectations this year. So yep. yeah, first year coach, you know, those guys usually get the rub. It happened to McVay in his first year when he went coach of the year. Yeah, I mean, it, it even kind of stems back to when uh, we were uncertain of uh, Sean McVay's, you know, status for the year. You know, the annual was he going to retire this year, and um, our our top choice was D'Amico Ryan's for a reason. Yeah, man, I'm glad that worked out. It, it was the most obvious hire anyone should have made, uh, a perfect fit, and he's doing great work. It's great to see. Um. Hey, why don't we talk about prize picks real quick, Johnny, and then we'll get to our favorite topic that we talk about on this podcast. That you're going to have to wait until after we talk about prize picks to hear. But you guys know prize picks. It's a simple daily fantasy app. Uh, it lets you compete against yourself instead of competing against other players. And it's such a basic and simple concept where prize picks will provide you lines for players. They're going to give you a line. It's going to be higher or lower. And you just pick one or the other and you place a nice little um, spread of guys, four to six guys. And if all six of your guys hit, you're going to walk away with a nice payday. Um, If a couple of them hit, you might still walk away with some money. And it's just so simple. It's such an easy, fun uh, way to add a little excitement into your Sunday or Thursday or Monday NFL football routine. Uh, all you have to do to get in the action is download the app or go to prizepicks.com and put in our promo code RAMSTALK, R-A-M-S-T-A-L-K. That's RAMSTALK, R-A-M-S-T-A-L-K. You can go to prizepicks.com slash RAMSTALK2, and you're going to get a first deposit match up to $100. So you put in $100, you're going to have $200 in prizepix money to play with. So go ahead, get on prizepix, and add some fun to your games. Johnny, do you know what my favorite topic is? Of course, kicking battles, man. (laughs) What is this, our fourth kicker since the preseason started? Uh, Mason Crosby has been signed to the Rams practice squad. Uh, Now, I should caveat, Lucas Haversick still on the team, right? Yes. Still on the team. We don't even know if Crosby's going to end up playing. Uh, For those unfamiliar with Mason Crosby, Or for those familiar, yes, he is a fossil. Uh, He spent 16 seasons with the Packers. Last year, he was on the team last year. He went 25-29 on field goals, 37-39 on extra points. Uh, Pushing 40, but kickers play for a long time. He could probably still go. And, you know, Lucas Haversick has been okay. But I... (laughs) I'm getting kind of sick of shuffling kickers around, but like I wouldn't be upset if they decide to roll with Crosby this week. No, I mean he's he's a veteran. I mean he's a proven veteran, despite being uh, as old as he is. And you know, as okay as Haversick has been, 
he you know he doesn't look all that impressive you know the the field goals that he has made have been pretty freaking ugly and you know i i can't tell you how many times i cringed every time he he kicked the field goal i'm like man i hope he makes it and somehow he made him somehow uh, <laughs> but yeah i mean geez i i've never seen a kicker you know get so close to missing uh so frequently so yeah crosby crosby will may uh make you feel a lot more at ease i guess uh even at his kind of older age but um yeah, I think you you should consider having a more reliable kicker as you start getting into uh, potential playoff territory because it would suck missing the playoffs simply because you had an inexperienced kicker on your roster. Yeah, the equation has changed in the last month, and I think even if you stick it out with Haversick this year, having Crosby in the building and, you know, kind of, not that we need to add more pressure to kickers, but like if he can't get it done, man, let's get Crosby in there. You know, we know it's probably not going to be worse than what we're getting with Haversick. And I do want to say this, and John, I think we've talked about this before, but we're going to talk about it again. You all know, if you've been listening to this pod for a long time, how much I love Matt Gay. Genuinely one of my yep. favorite Rams ever. Uh, a lot of people this week after the missed field goal have been talking about how it was a silly decision to let Matt Gay walk. And maybe it was. But we watched the Rams cap dump Jalen fucking Ramsey this offseason. They were not going to make Matt Gay the highest paid kicker in the league. There's no world where, given what we know about the plan this team set out to do, that they were going to give a kicker $13 million guaranteed money. It's just, it's not in the realm of outcomes for things they would have done this offseason. They cap-dumped Jalen Ramsey, and they just straight-up cut Leonard Floyd and ate all his dead money. They were not going to sign Matt Gay. We can debate all day if they should have, maybe, but given how their strategy was let's reset the books and go all in for next year. Even though kickers aren't that expensive, the most expensive kicker in the NFL would not have contributed to that plan. Um, eventually, one of these kickers will hit and we'll have an okay kicker. But, like, we got to end that narrative. I fucking love the guy, but we got to end that narrative. Yeah, it, it's... Would we have liked to have Matt Gay back? I, I think there's no question. I, I think the Rams would absolutely be thrilled to have Matt Gay on this roster, especially now. Uh, but at the same time, with a cash-stricken you know team, you want to you know make these nickels and dimes count, and kind of using that on a luxury like having you know, one of the top kickers in the league uh, being made the top paid kicker in the league just didn't seem like the right investment. You know, obviously, yes, you would love it. You would love to keep him. 
But again, like you said, and that's not even including Bobby Wagner, who we cut. Um, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So uh, if we're not keeping those guys, what the hell do you think you think you're going to keep uh, a kicker for? You know, um, I, I I agree. I I love Matt Gay. I would love to have kept him, but in the end, it was the right thing to do, and uh, it sucks. But hopefully. They can sign a better kicker in the future. Uh, uh, who knows? Maybe half or sick will work out. And it's like, you know, there's not a, it's not the most exciting crop of free agent kickers next year. It's like, doesn't even sound like a real sentence. Um, but like next year they have cap space. And in theory, they're going to be trying to compete for a championship. We'll see if they're able to get there. But like, if next offseason they decide, hey, let's overpay for, like, Cammy Fairbairn or something like that, sure. Oh, well. Sure. I mean, I don't really? know. Um, but, like, it it just wasn't happening this offseason. It's just, you know, like you said, Bobby Wagner, too. They just they weren't going that route. That wasn't the direction the team was going. Unfortunately, we priced ourselves out. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, um... Why don't we talk about the Ravens? Uh, this will be Odell Beckham's first game against the Rams since he left. Left, uh, I believe you said he's been named a captain for this week. Odell was asked about the game in an interview. He said, it's all love and respect with the Rams. You know, He doesn't seem like he's harboring any ill will. Uh, mentioned he still texts Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford occasionally. I think... If I'm making a prize picks play, Johnny, and I can get Odell Beckham touchdown, uh, or if I just want to bet that money line, I'm probably betting Odell anytime touchdown scorer this week. He's probably finding the end zone. Yeah, I, you know, he, he may say that there is no, like, you know, in regards. And, and maybe, maybe you know, hard feelings would be a bit of a, a, bit of a stretch. Um but that doesn't mean it doesn't give him motivation to kind of showcase to the Rams in the front office, this is what you're missing, you know. And and truthfully still, he, even if he has a, the game of his career, we still uh, love him the fact that we have Puka Nakua. Just saying. <laughs> Shit, man, I take Odell back any, any day, any time. I would do. Um, yeah, I, I think he understands – why he's not on the team and hasn't lost any love with those guys. But like also, yeah, he's going to have a chip on his shoulder. There's no way, there's no way you can't in this type of situation. Um, the Baltimore Ravens, man, God help us. Yeah. <laughs> Nine and three. They're top 10 in scoring. They're top 10 in yards. They have the best rushing offense in the NFL. They're giving up the fewest points in the NFL. They, by yardage, they have the second-best defense in the league. Now, first is the Browns, who we just dropped 36 <laughs> points on. So, you know, you feel good about that. But you look at the games we've played against the Ravens in the Sean McVay era. The last time we played them, we won. But the Lamar Jackson didn't play in that game, and we won by one point. And that was a team that went on to win the Super Bowl. 
So a really, really good Rams team beat Tyler Huntley by one point. Uh, now, the man is a pro bowler, so, you know, keep that in mind. Uh, and at the time before that, we won't get into detail, but everyone remembers the Monday Night Massacre 45-6 to game in 2019. Uh, Try not to. Just, yeah, just fucking brutal. So I think it's safe to say they kind of have our number. And in 2023, they're a much better team. They're a better team on both sides of the ball. You know, even going to that Cleveland game, we could talk all we want about their defense. I would say we had the better offense going to that game. Uh, Not here. And on paper, it's an offense that should give us a shitload of problems. The Rams are plus seven on the road in this game. I, I would not even go near that spread. Uh, I think there's a world where the Rams pull up an upset, but I'm definitely not counting on it, and I'm definitely not betting on it. I'm not going to lie. I would love to bet on that. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) We'll talk offline. Um, So so you're you're optimistic. You think there's a chance the win streak continues? No. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I think, like you said, there is a universe where the Rams could theoretically pull off an upset. Uh, it wouldn't it, – would it be a shocker? Yeah, a little bit. But would it be like, you know, as shocking as, you know, the Chiefs losing to the Green Bay Packers? I don't think so. Uh, I would say – the same level. Um, you think so? I, I would say it would be as surprising as the Packers being the Chiefs. Um, the Ravens have been kind of at a wonky year in terms of their wins and losses. Like, they lost to the Colts, Steelers, and Browns. Um, but they, they've beaten good teams. Like, they, they took care of the Texans easily in week one. They beat the Lions. They didn't just beat the Lions. They obliterated the Lions. They obliterated the Seahawks. Uh, so, like, they're really good. Um, and I, I, I... It's just, like, Lamar is going to give us so many problems. And unless he's out there beating himself, I just... I struggle to find it. Like, what are we going to do? What can we do to beat them? Like, I don't really see what type of game plan this roster can implement, especially when we're on the road in Baltimore. And I'm not even saying this because I'm negative on the Rams. As you mentioned earlier, if they go three and two, they have a really good chance of making the playoffs. I think this has been a penciled in loss for everyone all year. After this game, it's Washington, it's new Orleans and the giants. We could easily be nine and seven, even if we lose this game in four weeks. Uh, But just like, they're so good on both sides of the ball. They're a little inconsistent, but like we're a little inconsistent. Like <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I, I still have nightmares about that 2019 game. Oh, same. I, I remember that very vividly because I went to a sports bar that day, and it was just as embarrassing as going to the sports bar um, with a bunch of cowboy friends this past year so yeah and you know 
we're probably worse today than we were in 2019. I mean, I guess that's a debate. It's kind of close, but yeah, we have yeah, we have more we have more juice and less talent. If that makes sense. Yeah, it it does actually. Uh, yeah, because that though the defense in 2019 was pretty fucking loaded. Um, offensively, it's probably about the same. Better o- or better line in 2019, worse skill players. Or wait, no, that 2019 line sucked. I take that back. Our offense is way better now. Uh, that defense was better though. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, who cares? What are you even talking about? I, man. Like, I can't even imagine. Like, we are going to be so fucking hyped if they come on this podcast after a win. But honestly, like, if this game is competitive, I feel great. I'm going to feel great after it. Uh, Because this is, you know, a really good football team. One of the best teams we've played all year. And outside of Dallas, we've played played the 49ers well. We played the Eagles well. Um, if we could have a game closer to that, even if we lose and not like the Cowboys debacle we had, I will feel fine. This is a road game ha- across the whole country uh, against one of the NFL's best teams. You know, it is what it is. I'm not going to cry about it. Yeah, no, no, no reason to cry about losing. There are just teams that are clearly better uh, because they have clearly better players. So I think no matter what ends up happening here, uh, as long as you can make it competitive, that's what I'm asking for. Yeah. I'm going to go like 31 to 14 though. I don't think it's going to be competitive. This team gives me nightmares. <laughs> that's a Raven. <laughs> I hate to say it. I hope I'm Am I podcasting with Derek? <laughs> I picked in the preseason, I picked 38 to 21 Ravens. Uh, you picked 24 20 Ravens. You're going to be a little more optimistic than me here. You think they're going to cover the spread? You know what? I'm going to stick with it, man. I, I, I'm going to stick with it. I think it's going to be 24 20 Ravens. Hell yeah. Um, like, what like what's what would you say would be the game plan to winning this game? Like I would say contain Lamar, but like we ain't gonna fucking do that. Break Lamar's legs. I think just like <laughs> uh like finding a way to you know, the the secondary has to play really well and kind of just finding a way to make Lamar sit in the pocket when we're playing good coverage. The problem is I don't have faith we can do that because, you know, that's not really – that's not as much of a knock on us that it is a praise to Lamar. I think he's always been kind of underrated as just a player. Um, he's the best rushing quarterback ever, and I think he's a fine passer. But, like, if you could make him out to sit back there and really just, like, pocket pass, that's that's your best hope. Uh, you got to let him beat himself. I don't think he will, but, like, I think that's just, like, your best path. Yeah, I mean, uh, finding ways to create turnovers, 
I think that's going to be your best bet. And uh, the thing about this team is it's not necessarily known for creating a ton of turnovers. So there's that. Yeah. It's going to be a tough one. Uh, yeah. You know, um, I'm trying to find Ravens are plus five turnover differential this year. They, they haven't, they haven't gotten a, like a ton of takeaways. Um, but they've been pretty decent about not turning the ball over, though. So have we. Uh, would you believe me, Johnny, if I told you that we were tied for, like, six fewest turnovers in the league? The fewest? Yeah, I, I think that sounds about right. Yeah. Problem is we have the second fewest takeaways. So, yeah. We have to play an uncharacteristic game to come away here, but... Like we said, this game, if we win, it's huge. If we lose the playoffs, it shouldn't affect our outlook on the rest of the season. Unless, like, a ton of injuries happen. Knock on one, it doesn't. Uh, okay, Steve, I, I have to play devil's advocate here for a second. Going back to last week, if the Browns have Nick Chubb healthy, do the Browns win the game? That's a great question. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. What do you think? I think it's a lot closer than 36 to 19. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. But like, yeah, I don't know. Like until the end, their offense actually played kind of, you know, fine. Um, and I think, uh, what's his face? Like, what's the run of my Ford? Uh, Jerome Ford. I guess they really, they lean more on Kareem Hunt. But for the most part this season, the running backs haven't played bad. They are not Nick Chubb. They're not Nick Chubb. No. Um, but I still think it's Joe Flacco back there. I trust Raheem Morris enough that he would have understood the assignment. And had a good game plan for Chubb. Um, if 2019 Deshaun Watson was back there quarterback, do they win the game? Probably. But I'm not even ready yeah. to say 2023 Deshaun Watson wins this game. If Watson and no, Chubb are I, both out there, maybe. Probably. I don't think there's any real too much of a big change if, if you know 2023 Watson is back there. I, like I said, I'm not joking. I think that... that Joe Flacco performed probably better than just about any other quarterback that the Browns have had out there. He he did not perform better than what Watson's best looked like this year, but he performed better than Watson did in multiple games this season because uh, he's really not been good um, outside of a couple performances. And as much as I would love to get on this Joe Flacco is better bandwagon, I'm not ready to go that far. Uh, but he's certainly <laughs> Watson certainly had done worse than what Flacco did out there multiple multiple times. I'm ready to crown him comeback player of the year, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, well, I feel like my nose is about to blow off because I got sneezes coming. 
Uh, I made it 53 minutes. I'm proud of myself. I'm proud of myself. Uh, Johnny, any parting thoughts before we go? Uh, just, uh, Steve, I hope you get better and uh, go Rams. We're working on it. We're turning it around just like the Rams have. Uh, well, thank you all for listening. Thank you for sitting through my nasally ass voice on this podcast. And Johnny and I will be back next week. Sayonara. Sayonara. What the? What?